there is no such thing as a disciple who's not also making other disciples. Well, hey, and welcome back to One Line's Discipleship Podcast. It is so good to have you back with us. We love what's happening with discipleship here at One Line. And uh, my name is Nick Plasman. In case we haven't met, uh, good to meet you today. I'm sitting here with Brittany McColgan, who is also on our discipleship team. Brittany and I are leading this podcast uh, for our church uh, just to continue the conversation around what's happening with discipleship here at One Line. Uh, and it's a mix of things. We've talked about that before, right, Brittany? It's, so it's going to yes. be... Uh, you're gonna you're gonna hear interviews with other people. We're gonna talk about the rhythms of discipleship here at OneLine. Um, we're gonna have guests, and we're gonna have uh, leadership trainings and different kinds of elements that are part of our discipleship here. And uh, today, why don't you uh, give us a breakdown of what's going on today? Yeah, today is the first person in our hot seat, our first <laughs> guest. I'm really excited about it. I'm nervous. Nick <laughs> said I get to ask the pastor whatever I want. That's so. right. <laughs> we've, got, we've got big bad Brad, lead <laughs> yes. pastor one line. Yes, so sorry. Yeah, Brad, so. thanks for coming. I really appreciate yeah. it. But we, it, listen. it is good to be here. Now, Big Bad Brad, is that like an official title? That's, that's new. Is yeah, that that's, that's, new? that's on the website. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, at this point, you're in the hot seat, so we get to ask you whatever we want. Yeah. Like right. all those questions, we just get to ask you whatever. It's free for all. Yeah. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> I am. I'm Brittany. I'm glad you're well, asking me the questions and not and, Nick. <laughs> well, and, and let's preface this because, yes. again, this is around discipleship. Um, let, me, let me just give a quick history of, of Brad because I can honestly say that I know Jesus and know Jesus better because of him and his family. Uh, when I was growing up, the reason that I was able to encounter Jesus and be transformed by Jesus is because Brad and his family, his intentional friendship and relationship with me. And uh, now I get to do ministry side by side with one of the best people I've ever met in my life. And so we get to lead one line together and uh, so honored to get to sit here with you today. Brad has um, helped us define and see the vision for where we're, where we're going and, and over our shoulder looking, seeing what God's done through him and his leadership. I love Brad's leadership. So honored to be here today, sitting here with him. So no pressure. That was a <laughs> wow. great introduction. I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to totally let you guys down. <laughs> no, you're not. Not at all. No, I, yeah. um, I'm excited to see um, what you have to say about discipleship. And my yeah. first um, question, I guess, just to wrap our minds around what your mind thinks about discipleship, why does it matter to you? Why does discipleship mm. matter to you? Yes. Yeah, I like that. The first thing that comes to my mind is because it matters to Jesus. Mm. And, you know, if you even think about the moments, the final moments Jesus had with his followers, the 40 days between his resurrection and him ascending to heaven, his conversations revolved around the kingdom of God. And, um, you know, a couple verses that come to my mind. Um, one is, when Jesus says, all authority has been given to me, and he says, go and make disciples. Yeah. And in Acts 1.8, Luke records his words, uh, you'll be my witnesses. And so when, when I hear that, um, what, I, what I realize is that there is no such thing as a disciple who's not also making other disciples. And so I, I think about that in, in two things. On the one hand, we're always growing. We're always unfinished. So, someone, so as someone who follows Jesus, um, I know that he's always doing a good work in me and that he's the one carrying it on to completion. That um, becoming like Jesus 
is something that can become more and more true of me every day of my life. But at the same time, as I'm doing that, I, I get the opportunity and the invitation from Jesus to help others do the same thing. That then together, we're becoming more and more like Jesus. And so um, I feel like that's, um, that's a gap that we have in the American church. And I don't know where we're going with this podcast, so I won't say too much more about that. But um, Actually, I want to know what you mean by the gap. So to me, um, so many amazing things have, have happened. My best friends in, in the world I've met in, in the church, and um, I've seen the beauty of, of the church. But at the same time, um, I feel like we've left discipleship to a select few. Yeah. Mm, interesting point. Um, not that we've taught this, but it's just kind of what's happened that it's been reserved for a select few, whether they are um, the paid staff or uh, some of the more advanced <laughs> lay leaders in the church. Um, they, they do that. Like the and, entrepreneurial believers, the yeah. ones that want more and, and pursue it. Yeah, yeah. And, and also I feel like um, for us, our, our programming has led to um, a discipleship uh, process that's program-based and that generally we would see it as happen in the American church, we would see it as something that happens once someone gives their life to Jesus, discipleship then begins. Mm-hmm. Whereas... If you really go back to the earliest days of the church, the purest forms of the gospel, and even Jesus' words to go and make disciples, every conversation that we have is a discipleship conversation. It's an opportunity to help someone become more like Jesus because they're seeing Jesus in me. And that's not reserved for a certain kind of follower of Jesus. That's everyone. And so how much more um, kingdom impact could we see if every follower of Jesus saw every conversation as a discipleship conversation. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I mean by the gap. I love that. And I'll just point back to you a couple of weeks ago in a message at one line, you, you had the courage to kind of go after that. You gave this kind of list of, I think you talked about where the, the church has failed to disciple and what we are going to be about, right? We're yeah. in, the, in the teaching series acts of. Mm-hmm. And even as you say that, I want to be clear, I love the church. Yeah. And the church is beautiful. Um, and so for me, I think I called it a, a family meeting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> family talk. Um, and family talks in my house growing up were when something needed to change and, um, and for the better. And I believe that in the American church, God's got something better for us. And he, I, I believe that he wants to lead us um, I think deeper and deeper into this discipleship conversation. And so that, that was really all about that family meeting was about how our programming, I feel like in in a lot of ways has focused on the benefits that we get of being a Christ follower. And, and that's true because as a follower of Jesus, he makes your life better. Like if you live the way (laughs) Jesus says to live, you'll find that it's the best way to live. It should it should be that way. And I actually love how Andy Stanley talks about it, but um, that it should be helpful. And, you know, he kind of makes a joke that people ask him if, you know, North Point's a self-helps church. <laughs> like, well, I do think that Jesus is helpful. Well, I, I kind of think about it that way, that 
we've created programmings that, that have helped people, but we haven't gone where we need to go when it comes to the cost of discipleship mm -hmm. and that all of my life for the rest of my life will be about kingdom living. And um, so that's, that's really what that family Because that's the best kind of life. The it is, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, that, that's what we get to do. We get to show people what kingdom living is like. So you've given us kind of why it matters to you. Uh, would you talk about who do you do discipleship with? Like who do you mm. grow with in discipleship for you? What's that look like for you? That's a great question. As I look back at my life, I've been fortunate to, I've always been in discipleship type environments. From the earliest years of my life, that was with my family, my parents. Um, they've still had the single greatest spiritual impact on my life. And I was in a discipleship environment with my parents and with my brother, Brian, and sister, Brian, and um, we grew together. And you mentioned some of our story, Nick, but in high school, you know, we had that discipleship type environment. And, um, and even now, I'm intentional about those that have the greatest influence in my life. I, I have relationships with all kinds of different people, um, and that's something important to us at One Mind that um, we should regularly be with people who are not like us and may not even like us. But um, at the same time, those that I allow to have the biggest voice in my life um, are those that I know are moving in the same direction as me. How do you know or how do you discern that they are as well moving? That's towards? a good clarifier. I, th I think that's a great question. And, and for me, that is, it's specific to those who, um, you know, we're not looking for perfection, but we're looking for people who have an openness and an, an open heart for Jesus to speak into their life. And so when I know that there are people who are asking, Jesus, how can I become more like you, regardless of whether or not I've, all, I've got it all figured out, so sure. I'm not looking for the people that have it all together. I'm looking for the people who have ears to hear what Jesus is saying to them and who have a desire to be obedient. Uh, and so I have that now, and, and it's my D group that's, that's here at, at, as a part of our OneLine communities here at OneLine, and um, that's a group to me that, that means the world to me. I just want to go one step further in what you said about your own home growing up um, with Brian, Brian, your mom and dad. Uh, how are you seeing those same rhythms repeated in your own home with Anne and the girls? Oh, I was actually super curious about this too. <laughs> I wanted to ask. This again, just me being honest, that that's an, an environment in my life where I've always said, I need, I need to be better at that. Now, my girls are nine and six. They see examples of forgiveness. Um, they see examples of confession. Um, they see prayer. They see... Bible reading, we experience it together. Um, and so uh, I would say, and I guess maybe in some ways that's, that's the beauty of discipleship is that it's not always something that you just sit down and teach, but that um, through experiencing the ways of Jesus as a part of a family, we get to live out the way that Jesus says we should live. And so if there was one word that I would say marks our family, it's it's the word love. It's an unconditional love that we have for each other. We're very vocal about that. Um, I, I would say that um, that's the single greatest marker that my parents left on my life is, is that unconditional love that 
there's nothing that you could do that would change the way I love you. And we get that from Jesus. And so um, that's a marker for our family. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, I guess I don't have like systems and I, I probably should. I should have them, you know, they should be better. But. I really, I mean, I really like that love is the foundation of that. Yeah. Um, I also think that you hit on just being a model and they see everything you do and they repeat everything you say. And I think that that's really, um, it can either be a good flashlight shown on yourself <laughs> or a bad one. And so, um, yeah. so I think that it doesn't necessarily always have to be, you know, sit down, yeah. read a book, um, living life mm-hmm. and um, instilling those things yeah. in your children is amazing. Yeah. And I don't want to undersell it because in our, in our family, yeah, those are, you know, that's, that's for true. Why we might, I might not have this system. Um, like I hear some other people and the things that they do, I'm like, wow, you're way better at this with your family <laughs> than I am. But I think about things like love and generosity and kindness um, and forgiveness and time with Jesus for sure. Um, those are things that, you know, that my girls see from me and um, from their mom. There's a Greek word that I want us to talk about more as we move forward, but I think you model it more than you realize, and the word is diatribo. Mm. It's that that Greek word that says a shared life. It means a shared life, a life that rubs off on one another. It's almost the idea of physical contact affecting yeah. each of you, and I think you model that with your <clears throat> your family. You model that with me. You model that with our church, and I think that's kind of a beautiful thing. So, yeah. so even though you may not have a system, you have a modeled shared life that yeah. impacts those around. I guess that is maybe the system. <laughs> we <laughs> become like go. Jesus together. There, I like that. That's good. So we've been talking a lot about um, people um, and how that's relationships and discipleship. Um, I see that's a really big trend, but I wanted to know for you personally, when is it hardest or easiest for you to, I guess, be a quote, good disciple? or be in good rhythms? So I can easily speak to when it's hardest. Okay. It's hardest when there's a disruption to my rhythms. Like your day or? Like um, moving. Oh, and you do that (laughs) often, so. (laughs) So um, I think a lot of times people talk about routine as though it's mundane and boring. Um, But yet, I actually feel like routine, uh, when it comes to discipleship rhythms, can be really, really healthy. But I I do really feel like having a place, having, whether it's a chair or a room or a desk or a, like there is something spiritual about a consistent place that you go to be with Jesus. And for some people that could be nature and being outside for some people but it, but to have a consistent place I do feel like um, like that matters the times that I grow the most are when I am intentionally discipling someone else I love that and so um, why do you think and, that is well because it it forces you if you're to you you know diatribo that you know you mentioned Nick um, if you're rubbing off on someone else, if you are helping someone else become more like Jesus, you are 
you know, almost inherently then thinking about how am I becoming better? And um, oftentimes I'll hear people say, well, I'm just not growing anymore. I'm just not, I just don't feel the same as I used to. Um, and sometimes that's early on in someone's journey as a follower of Jesus. There's that initial transformation that happens and then a year in or two years in, it's always, I don't feel the same. Um, sometimes it happens um, later in life and people try to figure out, okay, well, why, why do we not feel the same? And a question I always like to ask is, well, who are you discipling? And unfortunately, I, I think we often feel like, well, unless I have it all figured out, who am I to disciple someone else? But the truth is the beauty of the kingdom and life with other followers is that when we're doing life together, we're all growing. And so that's a question that I ask is, well, who are you discipling? And so for me, that's one of the times I find it easiest to grow is um, when I'm discipling someone else. Uh, so, so what is one thing that you want us to make sure we know about uh, the future of discipleship here at OneLine? That it's where we're headed. And we say, when we say discipleship, it's um, becoming like Jesus together, where we would say that Jesus is Lord. And it's a simplified theology that Jesus is Lord, and we will be obedient. And so <clears throat> I would say if, as far as where we're headed at one line, yeah. uh, we will have weekends that are environments of transformation. Uh, but we are also going together to push ourselves to live more and more like Jesus, that we will experience what it's like um, um, to have life in the kingdom and that uh, the kingdom is now and it's not yet. And so uh, we want everybody asking that question, um, how can I become more and more like Jesus? And when we say Jesus is Lord, how we've defined it recently is living my life as Jesus would live my life if he were in my place. And so that that's where we're headed. Um, and we have um, some discipleship rhythms that we, we, we call them rhythms. It's not a program, they're rhythms that we want to be true in people's life. And we'll meet you where you're at, but we're also gonna lead you to where we believe Jesus would lead you. I love that, that's a good clarifier. Yeah, and those rhythms, in case you uh, miss it, our last time we talked, are our D groups where we have a group of three to five and we meet uh, once or twice a month. We have our huddles that meet twice a month. There are groups of 12 or so, and then we have our communities that are, are groups of 72, the three, the 12, and the 72 that we find in Scripture, and those are the rhythms in which we, we talk about here at OneLine. That's great. Hey, thanks, Brad. Thanks so much for yeah. giving us some thoughts mm. and insight into who you are and discipleship hey. here at OneLine. You're welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. I, Brittany, I love that you're on this team, <laughs> that you're doing this with Nick. Um, so this is great. <clears throat> thanks so much for letting me give you a hard time and <laughs> ask you some hard questions and just being real. And um, I'm sure not just me, but other people listening will have wanted to know the same thing. 